From WSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Troy Dassingen for Brianna Rao. And I'm Sarah Hudock-Jeffrey. This is Localized from WSC News. Carolina Equality Alliance here at USC aims to create an understanding environment for members of the LGBTQ plus community. Joining us in the show today is organization president Holly James to discuss the group's upcoming events. Plus, James will talk with us about South Carolina's hate crime bill and how it's headed to the to this House floor. James will discuss the many changes the bill has undergone and how they could affect the LGBTQIA plus community. All that and more coming up on Localize. from WSC News. The Carolina Equality Alliance here at UFSC er, to create awareness surrounding issues pressing to members of the LGBTQ, D, LGBTQA community. Our guest today is president of the group, Holly James. Holly, thank you for joining us. No problem, thank you for having me. So first of all, uh, I would like to ask you um, can you tell me about your role in the CEA and a little bit about how you got started? Um, yeah, so I've been with um, CEA for two years. Um, I came in, you know, as a transfer student, um, and I was so thrilled that SD Law had um, um, and a group that, you know, was a safe space for um, LGBTQ two-spirit people and for allies. You know, I feel like we have a lot of ally involvement, which is super awesome. Um, and, you know, from what I've gathered, because I've actually been trying to figure out, you know, what's the history behind this group? And um, attorney, local attorney, uh, Necky Shutt of Burnett Shutt, um, seems like uh, she sort of spearheaded this um couple of years back. So uh, it's really been nice to have alumni uh, support as well. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, Holly, I know you can't hear me or you, you can hear me, but you can't see me. Uh, I'm on the other side of the computer here in the station. But um, I was wondering, uh, could you tell us a little bit about like what CEA is exactly a little broad definition and when did it start and uh, like what its roots are? Sure. Um, so again, I'm trying to sort of hammer down like the exact year that it started, but I know that it's one of the um, longer standing affinity groups at the law school. Um, and, you know, we really just work to be a space that's really inclusive of all. Um, not only do we support, um, you know, queer students and um, ally students, you know, part of the community, but uh, we really try to go above and beyond to um, be a, a source of support and, you know, just a safe space for all affinity groups at the law school. Um, in fact, uh, we don't even charge club fees. Uh, we really believe in economic equity. And so we're actually doing a T-shirt drive uh, right now to uh, raise funds for our group. But um, so we really just try to be like a super inclusive space and, you um, really just want to um, make this law school as awesome as, as we each think it is. So we're working very hard to, to do that and get the name out there, yeah. Awesome, so how, um, how big is this organization, would you say? 
we are small, but we have been growing. Um, when I began, so I'm, I'm co-president with um, my friend Jalen, who's awesome. Uh, she she really gets things done too. But you know, when we started this year, I think we only had around maybe 14 or 15 members. And now we've got about 38 members on the roster. And I'm so thrilled to say too that, um, you know, we have some undergrads that joined our, our email uh, listserv and I love that. I want to be, you know, CEA wants to be a pipeline. If you're an undergrad and you're interested in the law school and you want to talk to law students who are like you, you know, um, and can speak to, you know, the queer experience or, you know, ally of that group, um, we're there for you. So if any undergrads are listening, uh, find us, check us out, join. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess another question I had was, uh, why CEA now? Why is there such a need for CEA and uh, especially now in the year 2021? Well, I, I think there's always, the need's always been there. Um, it's just really people kind of stepping up and making sure that need has been filled. Um, something that I run into a lot is people kind of have this idea that, you know, maybe we're not facing uh, challenges um, anymore after marriage equality. Um, that could not be further from the truth. In fact, the whole reason I find myself here at South Carolina, my first law school, because I'm, I'm a transfer, um, my first year experience was was absolutely horrific. Um, at one point, I felt so much physical fear that I required crisis counseling. Um, and I experienced a lot of harassment um, inside of class and outside of class. So law, the law school at that space did not feel safe for me. Uh, as soon as I came here, I, I love to say that I walked with my shoulders up in my ears, just ready to fight. And after my first day, I realized I don't have to do that here. Uh, you know, South Carolina law, it would shock a lot of people, I, I think, but um, this is the most accepted I've ever felt in any academic space. And um, that tells me, you know, that there are students out there that don't have that luxury. And that's a luxury that we want everyone to have because it's not a luxury. It just should, it should be, it's, it's a, it's a right for everyone. Um, so yeah, in the year 2020, we, we, uh, we still have to do these things. One day I would love to say this is not needed, but for right now it still is. Absolutely. So how closely would you say that you work with university officials to promote your message and create that kind of understanding community that you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I really have found um, the, well, you know, the law school, we're over in our, in our own little world, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, but the um, faculty and staff there have been uh, incredibly supportive. Um, I will say that last uh, year, I participated in um, the drop-in lunches, you know, that uh, President Kasslund had been um, hosting. And I found a wide room of reception there, and I found a lot of places um, or a lot of people to talk to that would, that wanted to listen and wanted to hear what's my experience like at the law school. Um, I have to say, Dean uh, Dean Susan Quo at the law school and Dean Jan Baker have just been phenomenal support systems and are so excited. Anytime I say something I want to do, which I always feel like I'm pestering somebody over there, but they're always just great cheerleaders and, and ready to support. Um, so yeah, I, I'm frequently in their ear, but probably a little too much maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, if someone does want to connect with CEA, how would they go about doing that, whether they're on campus or off campus or not even at the University of South Carolina? Yeah, um, so we have a Facebook page, um, Carolina Equality Alliance. So you can check us out there. Uh, we that is, that is one initiative that we really have been working hard on this year is our social media um, access. Um, we just started an Instagram page. We don't have a lot there, but you can still find us, Carolina Equality Alliance. Um, if you have trouble finding us, I think I would suggest finding any law school account that's from the school and maybe sort of seeing, because I know that a lot of the accounts follow us. Um, so those are, those are two ways. And um, I think on the uh, university server, uh, if you look under student groups, we will pop up because we're recognized by the uh, university and you'll see um, some of our contacts there. So you always uh, feel free to reach out and, and email and connect that way too. Awesome. So um, are there any events that the CEA holds that people can get involved with? Um, we're trying to, I, I would love to establish some kind of annual events. We do uh, a pride event every year. Now, unfortunately, last year that was canceled, but we typically uh, will walk in, in um, pride uh, parade in October. And um, we have panels uh, that we host, um, but uh, in fact, next Wednesday, I'm or next no, next Tuesday, I'm going to plug this. Uh, we are hosting um, Washington State Supreme Court Justice Mary Yu, who is the uh, first out, first Asian, and first Latina uh, justice to sit on that bench. And she is just so rad, and it's going to be a great evening, and this is open to everyone. So um, that link is on our Facebook page as well. Um, but, yeah, we've got some ideas up our sleeves for annual events. Um I haven't asked anybody yet, so this is a breaking news on air. <laughs> um, we're thinking about maybe doing like a fun uh, drag uh, karaoke show um, as a fundraiser, and so um, just a, just a fun way to kind of get everybody involved and, and have a good time. Um, hopefully, after we can leave quarantine, so crossing my fingers on that. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, well, Holly, that's awesome. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, we're speaking with Holly James. She's the president of the Carolina Equality Alliance here at USC. Ahead, we'll speak to Holly about the potential impacts of the current South Carolina hate crime bill going through the state house. We'll have on LGBTQIA members. We'll be right back. listening to Localize from WSC News. I'm Troy Dassingen for Brianna Rao. And I'm Sarah Hudock-Jeffrey. We're on with Holly James, president of the Carolina Equality Alliance here at USC. It is an awareness group for members of the LGBTQIA community. Holly, once again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, before we get to talking about the uh, potential impacts of the bill, we first want to kind of touch on what the bill is. Uh, it's a, a bill that would install penalties for those that commit hate crimes against those based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, and physical or mental disability. The bill would add up to five years in prison for someone convicted of murder, assault, or other violent crime fueled by hate. So, Holly, sexual orientation was a protected group under the original language of the bill. 
but it was taken out thereafter. What was your reaction to having the language removed and why do you think it was removed? My, my initial reaction um, was anger and quickly followed by sadness. Um, I think a lot of people would assume, you know, it would just be this bubbling well of anger, but it's not anger, it's sadness because I'm tired. I'm just tired, you know, of feeling like I'm just a second, I hate to say second class citizen, but it's it's definitely to be to be left out of that hurt deeply. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I was just, I, I understand, I guess, on some level, the argument they made was, well, it's better to have nothing, or it's better to have something than nothing. Um, but it's really not, because you're setting the bar low, and you're sending a message to people who want better for their community, for this community, that don't aim high and don't try for the hard. Just just reach the bare minimum and then we'll work from there. Um, I understand politics are, are, are a difficult thing and it's like running the gauntlet, but at the same time, we don't have the luxury and we don't have the time to you know wait for protection. Um, I've I've seen it, I've seen and and witnessed enough violence against um, my friends, um, against myself that I, I'm not ready to settle for, let's get something rather than nothing. Yeah, and um, kind of talking, you were talking about politics. Uh, last week, lawmakers added back those protections for gay and transgender people. Uh, why do you think there was this reversal from lawmakers? Well, honestly, a lot of it uh, is because of um, the community. And uh, a lot of it is because of allies too. People spoke up and it was really nice to see, you know, people come out and say, hey, this is not okay. And this is not what we're gonna settle for. We're not gonna settle for something here. We're gonna, we're gonna reach for the best because, you know, South Carolinians deserve the best. Um, and I think that, you know, they saw what other states have done, uh, particularly Georgia, you know, they're right next door and, and they offered the protections that um, we want. So this attitude of it can't be done, we don't believe that. It can be done. We just gotta do it. So um, yeah, I think the pushback was, was real and, and palpable for people. So after reinstating protections based on sexual orientation, Lawmakers removed penalties for uh, stalking and harassment and focused only on violent offenses. Do you think that only including penalties for violent crimes goes far enough in protecting these groups? I really don't. Um, I think it was Representative um, Beth Bernstein, I think I'm saying her name, I think that's her name, um, was talking about, you know, that's the very thing. It only covers violent crimes. And, um, you know, she sort of expressed that it sort of took the, the power out of the punch of the bill, right? Um, and once again, it's setting up a tier, a tier of protection. Um, and I, I think uh, it's, you know, lowering a bar when you don't have to, we don't have to settle. And I think full protection um, is, is, is important and needed in the community. 
Yeah, awesome. So uh, do you worry that the language of the bill might not be, like, in your opinion, strong enough due to the political outlook of South Carolina? Lawmakers say they've they've made several concessions for the bill just to get it to a House vote before the April 10th deadline. I I hate to say that my personal opinion um, from personal experience is kind of leading me on this. Um, I don't think the language is strong enough at the same time. Even though I've just spoken out against this vehemently, I I am happy to have some protections, but um, I I really do weigh a lot of some versus what all, you know, what I really want. Um, No, I don't think it's it's strong enough, but um, I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping that people will continue to fight what we really deserve for, fight for what we really deserve. Yeah, so, I completely, completely see that. Um, South Carolina is in the same category as Wyoming and Arkansas as being the three states in the United States without a hate crime bill. So why are we seeing this this legislation pushed right now, do you think? On some level, on some level, I think it's the sheer fact that we are one of the last three states to have this level of protection. And Nobody wants to be known as the last state in the country to have a hate crime bill. That's that's not a title anybody wants. Um, the fact that we don't have one as of 2021 is is not a title anybody wants. Um, so I think you know not wanting that into there have been events that have happened that have really been pushed to the forefront of, of people's um, awareness. And I hate to say maybe people are just now more aware. Um, it's, it's, um, I think that's changed the narrative on a lot of, a lot of discussions around this bill. Yeah. Well, Holly, thank you so much. This has been some really great dialogue before we, uh, wrap up. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, whether that relates to what we were talking about CEA earlier, what we've just been talking about now? You know, I would just encourage people, um, you know, to support this bill, um, to realize they're losing a lot of talent from the state of of South Carolina. Like a lot of students feel like, you know, they get this wonderful degree from South Carolina and then they have to leave maybe because they don't feel protected in, you know, in the space here. And um, I think one of my professors referred to it as brain drain. Um, So, you know, let's let's get this bill passed. Let's retain talent in this state and let's just uh, let's let's build all the all of our students up. Awesome, Holly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Alrighty, everybody. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Localize. That was Holly James from CEA. That's the Carolina Equality Alliance. Make sure to join us every Friday at 6 p.m. for a local take on the week's biggest stories. Localize is a production by WSC News and is produced by Flynn Snyder and Courtney McLean. The music for the show is called Freedom by Apt. If you want to listen to other news shows and WSC news podcasts, you can find these at garnetmediagroup.org or under WSC News on all podcasting platforms. And please be sure to follow us on Instagram and social media for continuing show updates at WSC underscore news. Live from WSC FM and HG1 Columbia, I'm Troy Dassing. And I'm Sarah Hudak-Jeffrey. We'll see you next week, everybody.